0: A warm welcome to Casual Cricket Chat this week. And today is a different flavour. We're going top shelf with our cricketing matters. To many listeners on the podcast, it may be surprising to learn that there's a leadership election about to take place in the coming days. And Chris Riddler, uh, who's a nomination from Firth Cricket Club, has uh, been put forward to contest the chairman's position, which is currently Trevor Atkinson, who's been in situ for precisely ten years since uh, Roger France, the late Roger France, stepped down. Um, Leadership elections are a little like the solar eclipse. There's not many around. Uh, It would clearly recall one before the 2011 one, which was the last one. Um, However, we're here now, and potentially it's one of the most important moments. um, With two candidates offering very different uh, propositions, Mr. Riddler, who previously held a position as officer of the league in 2019, has been running his campaign for a few months now and uh, holds some strong views on how he would expect to run the league. Uh, Mr Atkinson, who has overseen the league since 2011, um, a period of 10 years which has seen the most changes and developments in its entire 127-year history as the league um, adapts to rapidly evolving times. Now, clubs can have the opportunity to decide on which candidate will be the best custodian for the long-term future of the Huddersfield Cricket League. We're joined by Mr Ridley. Uh, where our job is of course to scrutinise the key points of the pledges he's making during his challenge and Mark Binns the current uh, league's uh, administration secretary will be up second uh, and we'll get an opportunity to comment on some of the key points uh, within the challenger's manifesto anyway we hope you enjoy the show Greetings everyone. Well, this is a change of pace for our usual laid-back cricketing reflections, isn't it? Um, I'm trying to channel my inner David Dimbleby here. It's probably coming across as David Bumbleby, but it usually does anyway. But let's crack on anyway. Uh, Firstly, a warm welcome to my co-hosts and uh, team podcast regulars on Castle Hill Cricket Chat. Uh, Andrew Crawshaw is a league umpire and has been for many years with a golden touch in local media circles and whose opinions on local league matters are to be respected, especially when a team is evidently playing way below their potential. Welcome to the show again, Andrew.
1: Yes, good evening, Jim. I hope everybody's well. And yes, uh, very good at... uh in the underdogs and obviously about three contacts today oh yeah uh, uh, yeah uh, Tottenham Barnsley and Scunthorpe all me, but yeah, yeah I, I, it's okay I'm stopping
0: yeah <laughs> and uh, also my other co-contributor is uh, Fresh from his 10th award uh, of all rounder of the season 10th um, he's hugely respected uh, amongst his peers and he'll be thrilled to hear his first proper straight faced introduction to the show uh, back to normal next time I assure you cover uh, but welcome Steve Whitlam <laughs> uh, and congratulations Congratulations as well on your latest
2: honor. <clears throat> oh, thank you, mate. Yeah, that's uh, really nice of you to mention that. Um, yeah, obviously, obviously, really pleased to to win it a, a tenth time. Mm. Uh, good to be back on. Hi, Andrew, Jamie, and and Chris.
0: Yeah. Yeah, good stuff, and uh, yeah, we'll get our teeth straight into the important stuff shortly, which is of course the uh, Huddersfield Cricket League leadership election. Um, but our guest now is uh, Chris Riddler, who has embarked on a two-year campaign to become chairman of the league, uh, which will uh, go out to all clubs for a vote this month in November. Uh, Chris has been put forward by his club, which is Home First CC, uh, and he served there. He served as secretary as well. So, uh, welcome to the show, Chris.
3: All right, thanks for having me.
0: On the converse of the conversation, so to speak, is uh, League Admin Secretary Mark Bins. Uh, Mark knows Chris Riddler's campaign well, of having received many of Chris's um, uh, email circulars, quite lengthy and uh, a few of them, uh, along with videos and campaign manifesto on his website. Uh, welcome to the show, Mark.
4: Nice to meet you, chaps.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's crack on. So, um, I mean, many months ago now, Chris. Um, you embarked on your journey, which is taking to this point uh, on the cusp of a. I, I'd say it's quite an important election uh, regarding the future of Huddersfield League cricket, and uh, well, I mean, I, I guess our job this evening um, is to to look at you and your background as well, but but um, but also look at your... You've you we'll call it manifesto really because you've you've got a website out there and you've you've had uh, videos uh email circulars um you name it and uh, you've, you've you've got your word out there so um it's, it's kind of like your wish list really i think that's fair to say isn't it um and um i think it's important for us to discuss these points really uh and um, if uh, even if we agree or not agree we uh but um yeah t- bet you tell me about your, your your background you know are you a cricketing uh, person you know to our listeners what's your yeah, yeah, what's your yeah. story yes. from this uh, from from before it all came about really
3: yeah, cricket's always been my life, really. It's 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 the game, and uh, you know the thing I've enjoyed uh, from day one. I think the first, the first memory I have of cricket was Gatting in Australia, lifting that trophy. I think I was allowed to stay up for the Ashes. I think it was '87. I can remember him uh, lifting it and winning it. And uh, with with my background of uh, statistics and mathematics, um, cricket has always been the sport with all of that. Um, I was never any good at it, which is a shame. And uh, most of our after-school clubs. Um, I was never around to go to, but um, I've always been a keen watcher, and uh, you know. And eventually, I, I came into umpiring it, and uh, with my lad coming through the the home ranks, I ended up on the junior committee, then the senior committee, and uh, you know. And now here, I'm I'm trying to uh, embark on getting the, the best job in, in Huddersfield, really, in my opinion, because it's. Uh, any, everyone who wants to be in cricket this uh this is the place to be to be honest
0: yeah uh, i mean I, I think it's fair I'll, I'll, if i let the uh, I'll, I'll let listeners know the uh, uh the, the sort of timeline of events which has led up, led us to the moment of you um uh, standing for uh, uh, ch- a challenge for chairman um it started in um well you were on the executive in 2019 um uh, which you, you did a year and then uh, you, you resigned uh, as an admi- administ- administration secretary after one year. Uh, and then 2nd of December was the AGM, um, where um, you were put forward to stand as chairman by Holmferth uh, after serving uh, as secretary for for, uh, for one year. Um, and then uh, uh, it, on to November um, um, this year... Um, the, uh, the, which is um, pretty much coming up this week, really. The voting papers are being sent to clubs via email. Um, and the deadline for voting papers to be received by the admin secretary um, in, a, in a sealed envelope, so they've all got to be posted. Um, and that's 26th of November. And then the 29th of November is the, well, the big moment, really. The sealed envelopes are opened by the admin secretary and the votes are counted. Um, there will be three people in there. I think the, one person's uh, nominated by yourself and I think there's two... Um, People from the exec, I think, uh, on there, uh, and uh, then the AGM. The result is declared, which is on the first of December. So, by in a, uh, well, but this time next month, um, we will we will know. Yeah, um, the election of all officers and committee are, are dealt with uh, at that meeting. Uh, and um, uh, if I got it right, I think all clubs have got a one vote. Um, uh, in the event event of a tie, the chairman will hold the casting vote, and uh, it's a majority that, that wins. So it's over fifty percent um, for this one. So uh, so yeah. Um, why did you decide to, to run this campaign, to, to challenge for the leadership? What was, what's your motivation and your, and your driving factors on it?
3: Well, if, if we go back all the way, I don't want to spend too much time on the past because it's, it's better to be no, exactly, to the future. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I went to join the, as an admin secretary, because I wanted to help out and I wanted to make some changes in how the league works. Um, so I, we sat on the executive for about a year. Uh, I did manage to get the umpire's pulled through the system, which is one of my uh, my achievements. I think it's sort of, it's gone off the ball a little bit since I left, but um, you know, I struggled to, to actually get many more changes going through, but I thought if I'm going to run for a position, then the best position to run for is chairman, because then you have a better chance then of, um, of getting your ideas through. If I re-ran again for admin secretary, you know, I'd be part of the mix, but again, you know, if you if you have been secretary and you've got a chairman that doesn't like your ideas, then you don't get many through. If you're chairman and you've got plenty of ideas, which everyone else is supportive of, then then that's the key to success.
0: Yeah, what well, one 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 uh, one one statement that you made when um, uh, when 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 you did leave, um, you felt there was little reason that you should be on the executive because because you felt you couldn't get very you got very little passed. Um, you know, I mean, but you, you did get the umpires' pool passed, didn't you? That that's, that was quite. Yeah, a- that's right. Yeah,
3: I mean. I don't know if it's different now, but when when I was on the administration, when I was administration secretary, the majority of the,
4: the
3: the power was held by Trevor, Roger, and Ron Tindall, and outside of that little group, it was very difficult to get anything through. But I think Roger really liked my Paul idea, and and then so did Trevor, um, and we did get it through. Although we did have to have the meetings in in Morrison's Cafe to to get them through, but. Um, it did actually have, you know, it was liked by many of the executive and I think that's why why it was um, passed. And um, we did a really good job and thanks to you for that year as well because you had a lot of admin to do because you had to keep changing that spreadsheet and things like that and uploading it onto the website. Um, so um, I think we did 80 matches all together when I did it for that first year. So um, I was really proud of that. I thought it was a, a great idea. Um, but you have to put the effort in. You've got, to, you've got to put two to three hours a week into something like that for it to work. And I was doing that probably even more hours and it, and it was coming all right. But I think you know, since I left, the, the hours put into it has, has waned. We've had COVID, which hasn't helped. And people have sort of walked away from, from the pool, which, which was meant to be run by us, the league, and nothing to do with the umpires association. A lot of the members of the pool were people that used to umpire in the umpires association or couldn't do it full time. And then they came into the pool because it was like a a couple of games a season and it was nothing to do with with their sort of previous life under the umpires. But then when the umpires then sort of took charge of it again, I think over about 30 people left because their main motivation was to, to be an umpire, but just to be completely independent of everybody else. But I do hope it comes back up. I hope Ray can, you know, get a bit of umph behind it because it is a really good idea. It's, you know, it clips yeah, out when, it, when stuck.
0: it definitely helped yeah um, we'll crack on with the manifesto then because um, uh, we'll broke it down into uh, I mean th- th- this is obviously available to uh, to look at on your website which you've had out for a, over a, over a year now the it uh, 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 yeah, was uh,
3: April I think that started it. future of future of HCLcom is, is the website so
0: so I mean th- th- we'll, there's a lot of, there's a lot of content on this so we can't you know we're not going to go through everything and, and and also well to be honest you know there's there's, there's a fair amount that that I'm sure you know, you're putting it out there, but the the, the it is you know the, the exec agree. You know what I mean on on, on some of them. You know, because because well, they yeah, are you've
3: got the you've got the players the players pool, haven't you? Which uh, I, I don't know if Steve's been asked to join yet. Um, but that was one of the ideas. That, um, I put on there.
0: But... Yeah, there's a few. Weren't there? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. So. Anyway, but what what we will I mean there was there is um, you know there is uh, items on there that, that 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 does raise questions on on workability and um, uh, and, and and how uh, you no know, and 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 how that's going to affect uh, other clubs and stuff. So uh, on the executive committee specific stuff at, at first, um, one of your uh, one of the opening promises um, uh, when you mentioned the executive is, is talk of streamlining it. Um, I mean I mean you did put in one of your email circulars as well a, a sort of you know, a, a plan of, of, of action. Uh, I mean, it, it, when you talk about streamlining, is that, is that equate to, do you equate to removing and, and replacing officers? Uh, no, not on, at all. It's uh,
3: about having the right people on one table making the decisions and the people that want to be part of it but don't really contribute so much, they'd still be around, but there would be some sort of, I'm going to create, um, you know, assuming everyone agrees, exec and council, I'd create a president's table and on that president's table, you'd have the likes of, you know, the life vice presidents and the life members who sit there and you know they could they can pop a contribution across every now and again but the actual focal point of the executive would be the likes of me you you know treasurer admin secretary um the the trophies um, what roger does uh phil's match and registration secretaries, in it so there would be those people there um but i would hope to actually have a conversation with each of them work out exactly what each of them do and then use my skills of my previous life, which is a sort of an optimizer of businesses to actually see how we can take a role and sort of make it better for that person who's running it. Um, and the second thing I want to do is I'd like to introduce like an, a, a part time off, off, the, you know, off the executive, but on when needed. It's sort of like an, a deputy position for most of the, the league. Lead roles that we do. So we know that Norman's busy sometimes, Phil's busy sometimes. These deputies can jump in and, and give him a hand when they're, when they're busy. But the, the main thing for the deputies is not just help those people out, it's to have fresh faces, you know, for the longevity of the executive. You know, we need to look at the next generation and the next generation. You know, we've got to make sure that we've got a, an executive there for the next. 50, 100 years, not just the next two or three years. Well, why is that if not is
0: that not the case? So, at the moment, is that not the case? Because I mean, it's not everyone's quite that old on the on the executive, are they? And, no, I not mean in age, really.
3: But you know, people move on, people go into different things.
0: Well, don't, 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 don't people get get recruited and or asked to go on or or, or 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 stuff. You know, as as and when you know people are leaving or people are getting too old to do things, isn't it? Is that is that not a system that that's worked okay?
3: It's just that there's not many people from clubs actually putting a name forward to sort of say, can I be, you know, can I help out? Maybe
0: maybe that's because, you know, like you said, it's it's quite hard to get anyone even at club level, isn't it, to get people involved on committees because people just don't want to get involved on committees, you know. Um, know. Exactly,
3: so the good thing about deputies is that, you know, they'd only chip in when they, they had a bit of free time, but at least they're a new face, a fresh face, you know, and I'd hope they'd be like sort of a you know, like Steve uh, who's on this call, you know, he'd be the perfect example of a deputy, you know, he'd only come in, let's let's say he was media deputy just for the sake of it. If you ever needed a bit of a hand, you could, he'd be your go-to person to, to sort of ask, um, you know, you're probably the wrong example because you will probably be around longer than everybody else. But, you know, then if if the other person wants to move to Australia, then, you know, Steve's there uh, lying and waiting and he's learning the trade and, he, and he's ready to step up sort of thing. Then you bring another deputy for Steve and then you've got this, Constant list of people, so we know that there's no sort of blockages. You'll always have an executive, you know, for years and years and years. Say so it's not looking at ten years; it's looking at forever. That sort of process.
0: Just, so, do you uh, think? Do you think just, in your in your mind that the executive is at risk of just literally folding because once people finish, there's no one to take over?
3: Not folding, but I think with a lack of people putting the names forward, I think it is one of our risks. I think the two biggest risks to our league is not having a fully functioning executive. So no longevity, and the other, the other issue is, is the umpire's one, which I guess we'll come over to later. You did, two, you, the you did,
0: you did mention did that you haven't spoken to, uh, you were hoping to speak to him, weren't you, afterwards, but I, I think one me, of you, sorry? One, you haven't spoken to members of the executive uh, during your campaign.
3: Yeah, 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 I've spoken to quite a few, yeah.
0: But it said, well, on your email circle, it says, no exec member will speak to me until after I have won. Exactly
3: about that. about about their roles and responsibilities. So I want to talk to Norman and I say to so Norman, "What do you do as part of your role? Like the whole complete." But, list so have, of you, what have you, you
0: have you tried asking Norman that?
3: Yeah, so I've asked Norman a couple of and, and he, he won't he tell you. Wanna, I mean, I can understand why he doesn't want to sort of rock the boat with with what's at the moment. Um,
0: so on your on your way of operating and stuff, um, uh, you, you've you you've, you found uh, problems working with certain members of the executive. Um, that's fair to say. Um, I mean, and some people do think that that you do come across a little bit autocratic, um, and you know, uh, at the time, you know, when you're on the executive, you know, that certainly suggested a little bit like that. But do you think your style of operating is suited to being the chairman of a, of an organisation which is it's entirely a volunteer run, isn't it? It's not a paid, yeah, yeah, it's not a paid paid jobs, so it's volunteer run. So you know, um, have you you know, would you class yourself as a team player in that respect?
3: So now we are- when chairman, which is different to being admin secretary, mm-hmm. um, I want to give everyone a bit more of a voice. You know, the the meetings that we have at the moment, the first Wednesday of every month, those sort of meetings there, I really want to make it so it's more of a discussional type meeting rather than, Jamie, tell us about your bit. Norman, tell us about your bit. Yeah. Actually, let's let's do the, the sort of stuff we have to do and get through that really quickly and then sort of have proper conversations about how we can improve, how can we adapt. You know what we're doing the next month, sort of, you know keep the flow going.
0: On your uh, your manifesto, there's, the, the, there's a, you sort of mention a lot about um, uh, it's like sort of a slogan really. The executive should be there for the clubs and not the clubs there for the executive. And I think you've you've you've, you've reinforced that a few times. Um, What's that? What does it actually mean, though? Can you elaborate on that? You know, are there examples?
3: Yeah. So so what I want to do. So let's say my manifesto there got such a long list of things to do, and that's. That's not all of them anyway, but it's it's the key points that we've got there. And they're not all just for me. Some have come from me talking to clubs. But what I want to do is I want clubs to be the drivers of this rather than the executive. So let's say optional teas, for example. I want us to have a council meeting. Let's have a big chat about optional teas. And I want the 42 clubs there or whoever wants to participate in that chat to say, yes, we love teas. We don't want optional teas. We make money out of them. Uh, Another club might say, We can't stand them, you know, we we don't make any money out of them, and they're a complete hassle. Let's sort of talk as 42 clubs and get a a nice agreement uh, and then try and put a rule together off the back of that and then, you know, start voting it through. But it's driven from the clubs. At the moment, the majority of stuff is from the executive to the clubs and not the other way around.
0: It seems to me that the meetings wouldn't be streamlined then, would they? They'd be be very long, and, uh, you know, when you've got 42. clubs debating on things, um, you know, you, you've got a, you, 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 you're going to find it hard to, to have a streamlined way of working. Um, you know, well, uh, the juniors do it pretty well. So if you go to yeah. the
3: junior meetings, like the last one we went to, you know, as soon as one person starts making a comment, then there are quite a few comments, but it does come to a crescendo quite quickly. Uh, and it depends on how many things you've got in the meeting and how much you want to spend on it. But some things might not have any debate at all, but if things need debate then let's have it, you know, just like the twelve club premiership. If we'd have sat down as clubs between the 42 of us and let's have a chat about it, what don't the lower league clubs like? What don't the premiership teams like? You know, let's actually get all the negativity and the things that people don't like on the table. Then you can sort of say, ah, well, yeah, well, if you we change this a little bit over here, but give a little bit back over there, then do you like it now? And they might say, oh, yeah, yeah, we like that a bit better. And then you can slowly, gradually get to something that, more clubs like than they don't i think at the moment there's a lot of you know here's a real change clubs debate on it themselves and then send their results in you know it's not we're not having any cross club sort of activity and i think that's what something that we really could do with
0: yeah i mean you mentioned rule changes and uh leads on to the uh, uh the current setup which is two-thirds uh of a majority to, to get a rule through but you're a you're a quite believer of a 50 plus percent uh majority and i mean why is, in your eyes, the two-thirds a bad thing? Because, you know, you can...
3: It just prevents change.
0: Right, OK. Um, and it, you know,
3: everything's first-past-supposed these days, 51%. You know, and sometimes people might get it wrong, but then there's never any really harm of a club putting in the opposite thing, you know, the next time round. Yeah, so you'd have a year
0: like... of it. You could have a badly thought-out rule going in. Um, it goes in, it, get, it gets passed, it's, t- it's terrible... Um, then you've got to put up with it for a year, haven't you? So it can get changed. No, not
3: at all. Not not under my system because I want it to be a fluid system. Um, I want to be looking at it at each council meeting and every rule that what we want to put through. I want to bring to a council meeting. Let's talk it through. we have a pro and a con. Let's have a quick chat about it, and that way you will rule out a lot of the, the stuff that people don't like.
0: Hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a bit in there in, in the manifesto about how you about communication and uh, uh, and and you'd be looking to. Improve communication. Um, for example, you know, you you, 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 you want to you are strong and guaranteeing a solution uh, or, or even a roadmap uh, within 24 hours of getting an email. And uh, and and yeah, so another... I want
3: to be able to be there for any member of any club at any time mm. that's got some sort of angst or just you know want to chat or something. I want to be available to them, and I'll give them a chat or a reply in anything within twenty four hours. So, is that's this? It,
0: it, 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 is, I mean, another another case was you are going to send polite emails. Now, that that would suggest that, you, that, that, that the executives do they send polite emails. Uh, Not really you know, polite, but because that's the opposite start. of polite, isn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah, but you know, a bit about Josh Butler smashing a hundred and taking a fabulous run out today—that sort of thing—at the start of an email doesn't doesn't do any harm. A lot of people do see the emails and think. Yeah, you know, take a deep breath and get ready to read what they've got to go through. So it's just you know just a little
0: so, bit of pleasantries at the start, <laughs> I
3: think.
0: Right. Okay. Um. I mean, uh, would you would you say that that, that, the, that the leagues are necessarily slow to to respond? Given uh, given you know especially, um you know on on on, so, on some things which 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 you can't give a uh, you, you can only give an acknowledgement to you because you you, you, you need, it needs. Um, you know, sort of talking with other exec members, for example.
3: Yeah, indeed, and that's why you know. If somebody rings me up, says I've got a problem with this, then you know, quick, you know, Zoom call or whatever with you know the exec members, and say right, let's just thrash this out as quick as we can. You know, get get an answer to them, or at least say right, we've had a quick chat. We need a proper debate on it, so you'll have to wait to the next meeting. But you know, some of them will be right. We've had a chat. We know exactly what's doing. We'll sort this. You know, we'll go and meet you, or we'll, we'll do whatever. The, the issue is, but some people to actually communicate. So, um, I'd like to set up a WhatsApp group for all the you know the committee people, you know, committee members across it. It might be a bit big and a bit wieldy, and you might end up with quite a few people being added. I think I'll
0: be muting it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just
3: just a way to get the club voices to the executive and and back, so both ways, so that we're chatting to people left, right, and centre. Um, there's a lot of stopping at the moment between months. So you've got to wait until the next month. You know, even the thing like the home letter when they put in for the chairman, you know, we didn't get receipt for ages, and we're thinking, well, have they ignored it again, or you know, are they going to process it? And you're sort of left in a bit of limbo. And also at this time of year, which is crucial, uh, we would really like to know because we're building a squad for next year. How many teams are going to get promoted? There's no point of spending millions and millions of pounds on players next year if nobody's going to go up or only one team is going to go up. That sort of thing, you know, so to get the sort of stuff to the clubs as soon as it's known would be really, really good. Just speed it all up, definitely, mm. and I'm sure we can. Well,
0: we'll, we'll speed it up because uh, we'll talk about monetary matters now. Um, Andrew will uh, lead on this one. Uh, uh, Andrew, I will pass, yep. pass it to you.
1: Yeah, I'm slightly <laughs> yes, thank you very much. No yeah, yeah, I'm slightly worried when we're talking about monetary matters and Chris is talking about home first spending millions. Okay? Yeah. Um, I'm 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 I'm, pl- I'm slightly concerned. Um Chris, yes. you say that you want to use the, the final asset financial assets of the league in uh, what you say is a, a fairer way. Um go on then elaborate on that. Right, so the first
3: thing I'd do is we'd work out as executive how much we're going to need to, to survive the next 10 years, let's say, and that value then put away, you know, for when we need to use it. And then I've, I'm really frustrated. We've got so much money in the bank. It was like that when I was on the, the, the assembly secretary, it's getting bigger and bigger each year. You know, look at the junior committee, they have a panic attack when they've got five grand in the bank and we've got 10 times that at least so. You know, let's let's have a chat again between clubs. What can we do with this money that's useful? Don't just spend it for the sake of spending it. That's totally wrong. But if there's a reason that we could spend this money now, then let's go ahead and do it and get it to a, a better level. That I think. I don't know, twenty grand, fifteen, whatever the number is, we come up with. What what
1: what? what that do, well, years. what what do you think the 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 treasurer of the league um, suggests is a fair amount that they should be keeping at this moment in time?
3: I'd say so between ten and twenty thousand.
1: I think you're miles out, to be honest. But um, but at uh, th- th- this moment in time, the league has got between fifty five and sixty thousand pounds, hasn't it? In the yes, um, yes. Uh, I
3: don't know the exact number, but that seems to be about right. But that is a lot of money. That you
1: know, but the juniors look,
3: were enough five thousand. So why would we need?
1: more than 20000 Well, OK, uh, maybe I can answer that, although I thought I were asking the questions. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can answer that on the grounds that, let's say, for example, let's take in the last 12 months, the league has, has, has lent out something in the region of about £20,000 in interest-free loans to clubs. If you're going to give all that money away, where's that money going to come from? Yeah,
3: but it, they are loaning back the money to the clubs. It's the club's money. I always find that quite amusing.
1: But well, no, no. If they, if they haven't got the money to lend out in the first place, how can they lend it out?
3: But you, you won't need £50,000 to lend the money out to clubs. There has to be well, a better way than clubs giving the exact money and then
1: loaning it back. Well, no, I'm not saying that they would have £50,000. I'm saying that they have got between fifty five and £60,000 in, in theory. Although some of that money is loaned out to clubs, which is on an interest-free basis. And as a result, the, the clubs have to repay that when it, becomes, when it becomes due. So although it's not necessarily in the coffers, it is the, it is the club's money. If they haven't got that money to lend out in the first place, if a club is in dire need of money, where are they going to get it from?
3: Well, to start, with, we still have fifty-five to sixty thousand. No, we don't. We this, the fi- the fifty-five
1: 50 to sixty thousand is 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 a figure inclusive of the money which is lent out to the clubs.
3: Yeah, and that money is you know it's an asset. It's, it's on the balance sheet. It's, it's, it comes up to about fifty, to, you know, five to sixty thousand.
1: Yeah. But,
3: but as an executive, yeah, that's sort of historic. So you've got clubs, you know, sort of borrowing money and and people giving in. I mean, my ultimate aim would be that we get more sponsors, we get more money coming in and it sort of reduces all the general costs of the clubs, So they're paying less fees, um, you know, uh, me and Jamie chatted about, you know, perhaps I could sponsor this this podcast, for example, that could be one thing. Yeah. We could sponsor the league mm-hmm. name. I mean, that could be mega books coming in. So all this new money on top of what we currently have, you know, that's that's there to be lent out to clubs if it's, if it's so needed. But I think we could do a lot more on sponsorship and get a lot more money in from sponsorship. How? Because if we put the effort in and start going round to big companies and saying, "Will you come and sponsor us?" We have things like sponsors. Oh, well, what, what are they
0: getting back in? Re, in, 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 in are getting back there? But it's, it's, it's a local cricket league. It's not gonna you know you're not gonna get um, uh, you know sort of Microsoft coming and going. Yeah, go on, I'll, uh, that'll help us uh, get our global brand out there, won't it? it, it it's they the, 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 they're just not. You know, the big companies just are not interested in sort of, um, yeah, the, you know, put, if, put you know, have to large amounts of money though. at, at
3: some of Yeah, we have to give them more back, though, you know, like create sponsors days and things like that. So, you know, I don't know if it's part of the end of year due that we have, but, you know, you get all the sponsors in, you get them, you know, coming out. We've done it at home first. I mean, this is one great thing that we've done, is that we've written to local companies and we've said, come and sponsor the cricket club. You know, one day a year we'll have a sponsors day. Uh, their sponsors boards are all plastered all over our website. We send emails out to to all our members saying, "Here's our sponsors, and this is what I do." We didn't used to do that five ten years ago, and five ten years ago we had hardly any sponsors paying hardly any money. Now we've got a lot more sponsors, you know, thousands more in terms of pounds of revenue every year because we're putting the effort into saying, "Look, come and come and support us, and we'll support you back. We'll um, we'll promote um, the brand." Um,
1: and that has to be a good thing. And I am sure that the vast majority of clubs in the league have uh, a, a similar type of, if you like, system. So, you know, as I go around the different grounds in the in the league, then I see sponsors boards and, and, and obviously the names on the shirts and all that type of thing going around. But that's because people have got an interest in their particular club and doing that. What my question to you will be, Chris, is that who is going to do that for the league? Well,
3: we then find out and ask... I, mean, I know Jamie's been looking at sponsors, but
1: if we put more effort in, then surely we'll get more companies. Yeah, but who? I, I, I wanted to know who. I mean, you know, we're talking about revamping the executive and, and, and having more people on there um, um, or, or, or more defined roles, if you want. I I'm, I'm, I'm wanted to know who, who is going to go out there and get all that sponsorship.
3: Well, Jamie at the moment is the sponsors person and I'll be giving him a big hand with that.
0: Um, well, I mean, what I will say is, I mean, have you, have you? It's all right saying we're going to get someone in to do that, something like that. Have you already got these people to come in? Because there's a, what, what the way I see it is, uh, you got an executive there that, um, uh, you know, I, 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 are you going to get hundred percent support from every single officer? Are they all still in with that? or are you going to have to recruit half fifty percent of them because they've all left because you know, um, uh, you know the. the, the they preferred it as it was so to speak you know so you know, have you got people to come in to, to, to a yeah. bit to, to take these roles on
3: well i guarantee and that's one of my things that's not been on the, on the website yet because over the last two or three days i've been calling around clubs and i've got you know some cast iron yeses and of those cast iron yeses there's at least three clubs that said if you are struggling for people we'll, we'll come and give you a hand so i can guarantee there'll be a decent executive when i get on but it would be yeah. nice to have some sort of continuity and keep the same people so if i do win then, Jamie, let's have a chat, let's go down the pub, let's work out what we're going to do. Let's, well, let's we're, you know, we're ask, having, we're, ask Jamie what he wants to do. There must be stuff that you want to do, Jamie, that you're not doing at the moment. Let's let's bring it up, let's, let's
1: get Chris, everything written down.
3: Chris same, Chris, Norman, Chris,
1: same with Phil, same with everybody. Chris, I, t- I take on board everything that you've said, but, and this is my but, my question to you, is that you're saying that, because we, 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 we appear to be having a lot of chats here, a lot of meetings and a lot of discussions. And that's fine because how, how, how things could work. But ultimately, when you've had these chats and all this type of thing, whatever, there has to be a solution. There has to be an answer at the end of it. So my question to you, again, going back to what I said before, is when you're looking at, because obviously I'm, I'm talking about the monetary side of things now. Who is going to go out there and bring in, I don't know what X number of pounds it is that, that, you know, that, that you've got in your, your plans that you think you're going to need?
3: Well, if, if there's not anyone there, it's something I'm certainly doing myself. I have about 20 hours a week, if needed, to, to help the executive out. I'm semi-retired myself, so I have a, a lot of time, which I'm, I'm more than happy to, to put in. So if, if right. Jamie was busy one day, I'll
1: quite happily be, right, okay. have a well, chat with like,
3: like, Sainsbury's or something, or go to Tesco's or... You know, well, walk around well, Huddersfield and say, "Look, well, just
1: walk well, into every shop if we have to." Well, okay, here's somebody that's got lots and lots and lots of experience, because that's what I do for the job. But, 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 to, but, but, to be, per, be perfectly frank, you know, good luck, good, good, good luck with that.
3: So, we're
1: well, going to give it a go, haven't we? It, oh, faint art and all that sort of stuff. I agree, but is it? Let, let's go back to the, the financial situations so and where it was ten years ago, um, in comparison to what it what it was now. Um, ten years ago, when, when Trevor took over as being chairman, the club was, the, the league was looking around uh, a revenue, uh, sorry, money that they've got in the bank, if you want, um, was round about just over £30,000. Um, we're now in a position whereby we've got between fifty five and £60,000, um, a much, if you like, financially healthier situation. But why do you think that situation came about?
3: I guess the clubs put most of the money in, haven't they? Uh, Well, it'll be from from income streams, which will be from sponsors, from club fees. Um, I haven't seen the actual P&L balance sheet of the league. Um, Well. But my my main point around the monetary thing is to bring more money in from sponsors and can we ring fence some of it that is change um, and actually, you know, push forward with it Um, i know you're going to be talking about umpires uh, later on but i really think that we should ring fence some of that money that's in there and actually spend it on umpires so you ring fence i don't know five ten grand of it or whatever the money happens to be i'm just numbers there and then you break it down how can we spend this money wisely to improve the umpire situation yeah but you've Um, just connectivity is another one that i had thought of let's ring fence some money for connectivity and then we can help clubs then get online, so we can all see the live games on a Saturday night.
1: Well, okay, fine, and that that that's 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 okay. But we've already reduced this this if you like, fund down from the fifty five thousand pounds or whatever it is. Bear in mind, remember that that's not all there. But we've reduced that down, and now we're talking about ten thousand pounds to umpires and, and more to c- communication and ev- and everything that goes along with that. We, we, Chris, we're running out
3: of money here. Well, we would definitely make sure we've got enough. But if we, I say, if there is five thousand pounds spare, or ten thousand pounds spare, or whatever it happens to be, and that, but money would go up and down each year depending on your sponsorship and your fees and, and things that come in and out. But I don't want the bank balance just to go up and up and up and up and up. You know, let's use some of well, the money and take our lead forward. I think that's uh, a bit uh, so I, can't, I can't really argue the toss because I don't actually know the exact numbers because I'm not.
1: No. Okay. All right.
3: I don't well, okay. just want to see 20 grand in the bank now, 40 grand in the bank in 10 years, 60 grand in the bank in 20 years. And well, so okay. on. Let's, let's try more of a flat line, whatever well, that flat line is. And then right. if we well, get more money in, then we can use that to, to actually specific spend on, on certain things. Well,
1: well, okay. All right then. That, that flat line that you talk about, and I think you're right, the flat line is there now. That is the flat line. Because the flat line has been there for about seven years, my understanding is that that flat line is where it is now and it's been there for about seven years. And the reason that it is where it is is because uh, the, 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 the the revenue came up from, as you rightly said, from from the clubs, and primarily it came from, quite a lot of it actually came from fines that were issued for slow over rates, believe it or not. Um, and the, 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 the league was pulling in over £2,000 every year um, for slow over rates. Now... To help the clubs, all right, the clubs had to get this, had to go put through, the over rate, the the time for overs was reduced to three hours, ten minutes, five minutes for drinks. And as a result, that monetary stream was cut off, absolutely chopped off at the knees. So if you like that rate that they're on at this moment in time, because you've said flat line, they're there now. They've achieved it. They've done it, haven't they?
3: But if the money's going up and up and up, that's not straight. Well it's not. Lines,
1: no, right? no. I'm just saying it's a flat line. The money that they've got now is 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 exactly the same as it was seven years ago.
3: There's, what's it? Fifty-five thousand so pounds. Yeah. I would say that there must be at least thousands that we can use of that money to ring fence to improve the umpire situation and or connectivity and the next. Well, year for okay. a bit
1: more. All right. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll come back to the umpires thing now. That the, w- one of the, one of the things that you've also mentioned is is the uh, fines reduction and the introduce of a, a driving license type of points system that you want to introduce that, that is is not. Um, if you want to bring that in and you want to talk about a driving license, you know points and you're allowed so many points before you if you like reach your your limit and you, you get you get banned or whatever. Um, surely. This is a recipe for anarchy.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, some of the ideas on there, and this is one that clubs aren't a great fan of, it's a bit of a shame because the reason for doing the driving license system was to reduce admin more than reducing fines. Fines are fines, they are what they are. I don't intend to let all the clubs off the fines. What I wanted to do was reduce the admin. So, for example, you get a £4 fine, so I get an email in for £4, so then I have to ring the treasurer and say, can you pay the £4? He then logs on, does the £4 tells me, I tell Andy, and if we've done all of that just for like £4, what the idea of the driving licence for was, was to sort of build it up. So I think I've got a little bit better idea now really, and that's perhaps keep monetary fines, but only pay them at a certain point in the year. So we could reduce the admin down from every time a fine's released to actual specific points. Uh, I've run the driver licence thing past everybody in it. It's not exactly the thing that's taken off, but you've got to have ideas. Some work, some won't. Oh, work, absolutely,
1: so. absolutely. What I'm what I'm saying is uh, one thing to remember. Of course, as regards to the driving license thing, is that if you get caught speeding, you get points on your license, um, but you also get a fine. Um, I think I think we've probably all got them, although you never know, you know. Who's to who's, who's to, who's to say? Um, um, I just so like you,
3: a, I just like the collection. Adding up your fines and then paying them in one big lot—that was the reason for the driving license thing. Uh, and I say I've chatted to most clubs now, and you know they—they they think it's probably more more trouble than it's worth. But yeah, you, you have the ideas, um you know paying fines maybe once a season or twice a season that might reduce the admin. But I say the reason for that idea, driving license or not, is just to get the club admin redu- reduced.
0: Is it a sort? Is it a sort of um, a sort of scattergun sort of person? Like you know, took the ideas out and just see what see what sticks and what see what doesn't. Is that? Would you describe they yourself? Are, as they
3: that? are quite well thought through, but you know, some of them will work or somewhere And that that is probably the. If you put all my ideas to clubs, that was probably the one that's come at the bottom. Over to you,
1: Steve.
0: Steve, uh, um, you don't get All-Rounder of the Year award um, ten times if you haven't got patience at the crease. Uh, that's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move to cricket in uh, affairs now, uh, which is Steve's... Uh, uh, Steve, Steve, This is what he, he, the content he likes, isn't it, Steve?
2: Yeah, thank goodness for that. <laughs> nice, Steve. <laughs> no, 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 that's not aimed at you, Chris. Um, right, guys, OK. Uh, just a few questions for you, Chris. Um, yeah, go for it. So know. okay. Um,
3: um, already, haven't we? so we're, yeah. Yeah.
2: Know, it'd be um, yeah um, so you you've proposed that um, all associate member clubs are automatically made full members of the league after they joined in twenty seventeen, is that right?
3: Yeah, I, I think all clubs should be at the same level.
2: Yeah. I I guess would you say you've started the momentum for that, given it's it's been proposed for voting on in November?
3: Uh, well, I say i put it on in the August um, as one of my ideas, and it seems to be something that's been grasped by the executive and, and fair play to them. You know, I don't mind. Yeah. I don't want to have the ideas and only me implement them. If I put an idea out, just like we did with the, uh, you know, the, the playing committee, players committee, if, if if they get adopted, and I'm not chairman, and all ideas are get adopted, then fabulous. I'm not, I'm not going to complain about that. You know, the more yeah, ideas good. that everyone agrees with, then so much the better.
2: I, look, I, I think the more ideas, the better. And, and we've just touched on one idea that, that you know, has been poo-pooed, shall we say. And, you know, not everything's going to go through, is it? You know, we're, we're us four on this call might have a different opinion on on, on something. And that's just life, I, I suppose. Um, well,
3: like on every committee, on the whole first committee, we've got 10 people, or 8 people, however many. A lot of the things are 4-4. Four, four, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's just yeah. every people have different sort of opinions.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, precisely. Look, um, okay, the the twelve team premiership something that's obviously been on the table um, in different guises over a few seasons now, um, and it's yet to be passed. Um, personally, it's something I'm I'm all for, and, and I, I do feel quite strongly about it. Yeah. Um, in in one of your videos, I think you said that you'd, you'd guarantee a twelve team premiership, and and that, that's music to my ears. But I guess. I understand most clubs in the Premiership are keen for this to happen. I, I do. I, you know, obviously, I speak to, to, to everyone in the Premiership, but 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 maybe to a lesser degree in, in the in the lower divisions. So I'm I'm keen to understand how you'd, you'd propose to get votes from 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 those clubs in particular.
3: Yeah, so what what my aim is for the 12 team Premiership is that if I won the chairmanship, I'd organise a meeting in January to get all the clubs in and let's fresh this. Debate out once and for all. I'd be given if I've won, and I'm really promoting the 12-team Premiership. That's a mandate. So you know, clubs are voting for me. They see that I like this, so that you know, I've got a lot of momentum going into doing it. And we will find out why do the smaller clubs not like it? Why do the Championship clubs not like it? Why do the prem- some of the Premiership clubs not like it? Cause I think is it nine that like it and three that don't on the last poll. In the- um, I
0: think it, I think it was it it was nine, but but one didn't vote. So it, but effectively that it was. You know, it, it's. I think it's. They just missed out the voting. They just didn't, they didn't do it on by the deadline. So I think it, I think it's generally yeah ten 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 two or something like that. But, yeah,
3: yeah. But when I was admin secretary, and I asked it was twelve. out of fourteen wanted it. So a couple of clubs have lost a bit of interest in it. Maybe it's just. The well,
0: teams change, don't they? in The Premiership yeah. so teams go down. Teams yeah, go up, so, don't they? So.
3: Yeah. So it was. You know, there is a, there is a big thing. For it. the problem is is that every year we're getting one option. Here's the option. And then clubs saying, "Well, I don't really like that option because of this," and they're not voting for it. You know, Mm. let's get in the room and let's, even if it takes a few hours. I mean, this is a special meeting. It's not.
0: It's taken years, though.
3: (laughs) But you say that's why we need to to nail it on the head. So let's get everyone in there and let's just get all the options. You know, you you might say, "Oh, it's your old management style." But let's get posters on the wall. Let's get diagrams. I don't know. Let's just right twelve team premiership. What do we need to do to implement this twelve team premiership? you know tell me steve you tell me what we need to do what do you like you know let's look down down the pyramid what do you want you know and and just sit there you know i have two ideas um i'll put a few more out in the video but the the first question that clubs have to answer are do you want first teams playing first teams and second teams playing second teams or are you quite happy to mix the two up so that's pretty much the first question to all you know if if nobody minds first or second mixing, then there's the old sort of Central League way where teams go up and down the leagues. Um, if you want just first teams against first teams, um, then you've probably seen on my video there's a 12, 10, 10, 10 format. Um, the teams, the Sites Cup would be moved to a Saturday, which makes up the the two two weeks. For the first two weeks of the Sites Cup will be on a Saturday. That would then mean that the, the Championship of Conference and the, the new division would have two weeks filled and then there'd be two weather weeks which would fill the other two weeks. So when there's a rain off and everybody's rained off, um, you know, that whole week moves to a designated week later in the season. So even though there's only 10 teams in the league, they're still getting to play what they would do if they had 12 because the Sites Cup's on a Saturday. And that also helps because the worst week for home fair, for organising things is the first Sites Cup weekend because we've got a league weekend on the Saturday and a sites cup game on the Sunday, you know that is a really difficult weekend for home turf. So moving the sites cup to the Saturday in those gaps would work. And then because the Premiership's got the extra teams, then there's two bank holidays to, to cover those. Uh, you can see all the details on on the video that I did, but uh, they're the ideas I've got. But let's yeah. get the clubs. Let's get all the clubs in the room. Let's fresh it out. Let's get an idea. Because if even if the idea that's given to us this year. You know, there's nothing to stop a club putting in next year and they want 14 team premiership again. We have to have something that people like and they're gonna, you know, grasp and sort of go for.
0: let's say that um, you, that that, that team, uh, the that clubs are voting for you uh, are based on well, Chris can guarantee this, so I'm voting for him. But what happens when you can't guarantee something?
3: Well, the, the point of that meeting is to get to fresh out the idea. I know that, but but but,
0: but, but the guarantees a strong word, isn't it? It's what it's a vote-winning word, that isn't it? It's a guarantee. It means I will definitely make this happen, but it's not something that you can definitely make happen. It's you know, it's got to be worked on, hasn't it? And and right, like but say you're very, working on it. well, you say, you can't guarantee that, can you? It's
3: a very high chance. But,
0: but you know, is that is that one hundred percent chance?
3: Well, if we're all in a room together and the premise of this meeting is to, to work out how to get the 12 team premiership then it's the best chance we've had so far and you know it's well, not, it's really not hard to guarantee yeah. it
0: right okay
3: i mean semantics but you know it's it's as good as it's gonna get
2: mm. hmm. okay i guess i don't want to digress but i guess I, I know a couple of a couple of clubs are worried about losing revenue on Sundays, but for me, it should be twofold. I think I think twenty twenty should be moved to Sundays and yeah, and and, and, and made a bigger deal know. of, a bigger spectacle. Maybe extend the twenty twenty program, which would offset some of that loss. But anyway, that's just me. So so just leading on from that, what what are well, your just, thoughts just, about twenty twenty?
3: Um, so that sorry, just seeing. Um, so what would happen if you had a twelve team premiership is that Sunday? Then is then three for us to experiment with what we'd like to do. Mm. So. 2020 is a great idea. But what I'd like to see is, let's say, you could have a match, you could have like a double header on some of the, the Sundays. So not just one 2020 match, you could actually have a couple. You could have like, Holmforth play Fong's Bridge on one ground and Skulls play um, Hall Barrow on another ground. You know, they have a match together and then the winner goes to one ground and the loser goes to the other and then you can have another match. So you actually got like more of a festival than a tournament. And then that, that festival then, for the home clubs will be a massive revenue generator and you have to do the fixtures so every club gets a, a decent fight of the the apple, so to speak.
2: That's yeah. the right phrase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, look, I'm sure there's ways and means to, to make it work. But yeah, yeah we shall see. Sundays
3: are there. I mean, let's get Sundays free first and then work out what we can do with Sundays. I know 2020 is okay. struggling midweek and Sunday would be a place for it. Um, whatever happens on a Sunday day would have to be optional. Because you're saying to clubs, let's knock cricket on the head on Sunday. And then you say, oh, by the way, we're now playing something else. That something else has to be optional to the clubs. Or else you're just saying, we're getting rid of cricket, but then we're giving it back. You know, some clubs do want a break and they don't want a doubleheader. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. So yeah, what, I understand. What, and, I, and I also appreciate that's just my opinion. But yeah. What, what, we'll, happens uh,
1: then, what happens then on a Sunday if you get a competition where you get 11 teams in it then?
3: Well, you have to. You know, Phil's a clever guy he can work out exactly what to do with it. <laughs>
0: Sort it out, it, Phil. It, yeah, that's Phil's job, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> sort, sort that out. For, and, and yeah, yeah sort out that out. to you, Phil. I've, sort that out, Phil.
2: <laughs> Can we dial him in? Yeah, <laughs> sort that you out. We do a very good job of it as well. Thanks, Chris. You know,
0: um, yeah, yeah, it is, it is a bit like that. Um, I guess
2: uh, just just one final, one, then and, and, and I appreciate we push for time, but you, you've obviously got a lot of ideas and, and and proposals on on changes to to playing formats, Chris. Um, You know, can you tell us a bit about those?
3: Well, what I'd like to do is at the start of each season, like in January, February, say to each league, How many overs do you want to play? So, Championship, tell me how many overs you want to play. And if there is a massive majority, let's say 11 out of the 12, or, you know, something that we work out is is the majority for that single thing, let's just say they all want to play 40 overs instead of 50 overs, then let them play 40 overs executive don't tell them to play 50 overs if they all want to play so a bit of flexibility around the number of overs you might have 50 in the premiership championship might go to foot down to 41 season you might even have the confidence playing 45 you know but it's down to that set of clubs how many do you want to play this year if they can't decide then you just have to go by what's in the rule book at the time but you know give them a choice at the start of the season i'm sure it'll be okay well (laughs) <laughs> I mean you might be in the one
0: o'clock camp and then
1: you, you <laughs> trick, I don't know how you work that out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yes anyway should,
0: should, uh, I, I'm I'm dying to talk about the administration side because that's where I, I, our listeners do definitely fall off a cliff yeah, uh, yeah,
3: okay. <laughs> two, two minutes then
0: two minutes then uh, well uh, quickly I, I'm uh, I mean, we did touch upon it in the in the in the in, in the monetary bit, but um, and we're talking about the modest the the way the the modernisation proposals are are centred around uh, helping uh, one of your the proposals is helping clubs with live scoring etc and stuff, and and we did men- I think you did mention I think you mentioned it in your uh, manifesto that you you sort of ring fence ten. 10- uh, Ten grand for connectivity and stuff like this, and well,
3: the, the numbers uh, what we've got. We've got to analyse exactly what the numbers. But I want a to of money yeah. to help clubs to get connected. No, no, you know. with
0: with with live scoring, um, is it? I mean, is this is this a really a, a priority concern um, uh, for you? Because what what we have in, in live scoring over seventy percent of clubs live score uh, in in the EFL League. In fact, most uh, in ninety five percent cases, you get a scorecard the next morning. Um, but 70% of the time it's already on straight after the match uh, I know that because I use them to build up match reports and stuff yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and write up yeah. so so right. we, we also have uh, and the Huddersfield League have also got one of the best ratios of live scorers in, in the whole structure of the yeah, ECP yeah, yeah. so, so why, a would, why, would, why, why is that an area that you want to put what a quarter of the budget towards um, uh, trying to improve when it, when it when it's, works pretty well
3: it does, but it, it can improve. Club. The reason it's there is that clubs have asked me for it. You know, there are clubs that just don't have the connectivity because they're in the middle of nowhere. But
0: how many clubs are asking for it? You know, one or two out of forty, or half of them. When when seventy percent of them do it live anyway.
3: Yeah. The idea would be to get everybody on live scoring because the fans like it. I mean, I love it. So it, when you're yeah, your yeah but club, you don't, you don't, don't need to spend ten home. grand
0: doing that, do you? I don't think. <laughs> so I don't
3: Everyone's, cut, you know,
0: in my opinion,
3: fixed about this money. I don't know how much exactly money is, but there isn't. It won't cost well, a fortune well, to
1: to Look, Chris, Chris, Chris you've, you've got to bear in mind, and I'm sort of like going back to my, my, my point before. The monetary side of things is 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 a, a absolutely and utterly crucial. You know, the you know the the amount of money that the league has got to operate with, and how much they want to give out in in grants, or how much they want to use for cut. You know, for, for Connectivity or and anything else like that is is absolutely crucial, and that and that's why you know when you're saying that ten thousand pound for that and ten thousand pound for that, whatever it might be, sort of thing. And, and and I don't know the numbers, but I'm presuming that you do.
3: No, no, not at all. I have no idea what the numbers
1: are. So why are,
0: would you I put numbers have... like that in why, a manifesto? Why would, though?
1: Why, why would you put it down then? That's my point. Why
0: would you tell clubs this is what I'm going to be doing with it if you don't know how you know how, you know exactly how much? Things sh- uh, uh, you know are going to cost, and things.
3: Well, it's all about just reading fences, certain amounts of money to give out. Yeah, but how yeah, much?
0: But say that. <laughs>
3: um, if I if I had access to all the accounts, I'd love to. But we will have a good treasurer who will tell us exactly what we can spend the money on. But it'd be nice if every club would be live streamed. That would be that would be perfect, wouldn't it?
0: Well, well, there's ways of achieving that, isn't there? And, uh, and that's just, you know, just, just work, working with the club, you know, you to live stream a match, it takes very little data, hardly any data, you know, so anyone could go on there with a mobile phone and, and tether, you know, so it's not, it's not really something that needs, you know, in my opinion, it's not through a lack of a tablet or something. Nearly everyone's got a mobile phone. The app's free. Um I just I just I just like you say I, I think that that is a, a alarming amount of money to spend on on a, on a, on a connectivity thing when you know uh, yeah, it's it, you know it, people are gonna look at it and go, oh wow, yeah, you know, loads of money to us. Get a new tablet for the club but we don't need one.
3: Great no, it's not about buying a new tablet. it's just getting everyone
1: connected up. Yeah but 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 but, but, but Chris, Chris, can I just make another point where I, I've umpired games, I've certainly umpired two this year. Where the one team has has played with with ten, and I played I played in another game where three of the players on one side arrived late. Now I know these might be small minor points, but when we're talking about con, you know connectivity and, and all this you know, stuff that to be perfectly frank is is is, a, is a, a, above me. Um, but nevertheless, we're talking about money that's been and we're talking about clubs doing this and clubs doing that and starting at different times and everything. I'm sceptical, and the reason I'm sceptical purely and simply is the fact we've got some clubs that don't even get the players to the games on time. You see where my problem is?
3: (laughs) I suppose I'm looking at the, uh, you know, how can we improve the club? I can't sort of say, well, we can't do this because certain players aren't turning up on time at a certain game. We, you know, we need to make sure that they do, really. So, you know, let's get that fed back. You know, these these conversations, the away team that says, oh, hang on a sec. This team didn't have three people turn up late. Get on the phone to us. Let's have a chat about it straight away, and you know, let's have a, a quiet word with the. You know, can you sort your players out?
0: Mm. On the, uh, we'll move on to uh, to grants because uh, someone that you dealt with before. Um, you, you you suggest uh, assistance with grants should should come from the league. Um, yeah, I mean, because
3: it, um, when you when when everybody's doing the same thing forty two times, it's a lot better for someone in the middle to do it. And then the 42 people sort of take from that that middle bit, if you know what I mean. So if one person does it, it might take them a few hours, but then all 42 people can sort of grab a lot of that and it saves them time. And that's for everything, really. Anything that can be done centrally that can be passed down is definitely worth doing.
0: Is that not something that could, you know, because someone could work in in conjunction or partnership with the league to to provide this, rather than the league themselves?
3: Yeah, I mean... It'd be nice to have someone who is a specialist in grants, either on the executive or someone we can chat to. That's next to the executive. You know, one of the person's roles might be to, to talk to this person because those people know a lot of grants that are going that we just don't know about. You know, um, even the forty-two clubs, there might be one club that, that knows of a grant. You know, let's let's all start talking, and if that is available for us all, then you know, it's so much the better. We are talking like national things rather than sort of Huddersfield money because then you just run out for each club but you know, if there's a national grant going that we're all available to get just like the, the 10k COVID thing that was, was available that sort of stuff you know let's all try and do it together and then we can uh, you know, all the clubs can, can get more of a grant and uh, if you've got a specialist that puts a grant together then there's more chance you're actually getting the grant or more chance of getting more money from the grant mm. um, yeah
0: well um, Andrew umpiring you're the person
1: You're the man. This will be a
3: quick one, I promise.
1: (laughs) Chris, is it true that you'd like to uh, disband the Umpires Association and bring it under the auspices of the league? And uh, if that is the case, how many umpires do you think you'd lose?
3: What I'm going to do is one question to the clubs. Do you want to bring the Umpires Association under the league and put that debate out to the clubs? I would ask the likes of Ron and... David to come in and talk us through what the pros and cons of it are. But one thing that you know could help the, the situation is for a, bra- a brand new fresh start. Uh, yes, I think you probably would lose some umpires at the start. I think there's umpires that you know are umpiring at the moment that are sort of not got too many years left in them, and it would be that sort of point that sort of goes right. Okay, um, I'll use that as, as not not carrying on. Just like when I umpired in the Cheshire League, when the umpires. Was it the ACU and Essex Court became the ECB? Yeah, I took that opportunity to move from Cheshire, which I'd done a few years in, to come over to the Yorkshire League. You know, so yes, there probably would be some people to step down, but you know, we really have to focus on on improving the umpires' numbers. Well, it's going people... down to the clubs. Um, look at Bradford when they put the idea to the clubs, they voted hundred percent to bring the umpires under the league, one hundred percent.
1: Right. Okay. Well. Uh, fair enough. Then let's let's stick with Bradford. Um, what do you think the situation is in Bradford with the umpires, Bradford League?
3: Speaking to Philip, um, which was a, a few a few months ago, he said it was in decent position. Um, yeah.
0: It's, it's certainly not. Sorry, who, uh, who's Philip, by the way?
3: He's, he's one of their umpire lead umpire people.
0: Yeah. Lead umpire uh, people.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. Philip? I think so. Yeah. The, the Bradford, I also know a, a couple of umpires that have been looking to to umpire around the place, um, and when they've asked Halifax and Bradford, they've said, "Well, we're, we're actually you know not in too bad a position," and they ended up um, umpiring over in Air Water because they seem to need umpires a bit more. I
1: think it, I think it'd be fair to say that every league needs umpires, and if that's the story that you've got from the Bradford having been taken under the league thing. Um, Management of the of the league, it's not right because in the Bradford League, I can tell you that the first two sections in the Bradford League are staffed by two umpires, and after that, the vast majority of the games have either sometimes they get two. Don't get me wrong, but the vast majority of them are staffed by one because they don't have enough umpires.
0: That's first team games as well, isn't it?
1: That's first team Mm. games. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm saying is that. you know, you're talking about increasing the numbers of umpires. I'm I'm quite curious to know, you know, how you propose to go about that.
3: Yeah, well, I can't say too much about the Umpires Association because they're an independent company and uh,
1: uh, I'll get a letter if I say anything about a place oh, for You what can, t- you can tell one, me, I'll defend you, don't worry. The
3: one target audience, and I think we really need to target this, is players coming to retirement.
1: Okay, all right, all right, fine, good point. My point to you then is, why aren't players who are coming to retirement, why aren't they putting on that white coat?
3: Um, we haven't got another hour. <laughs> All
1: right. Briefly. Okay then. All, right, then. All right then. Pick your top reason why you think those players are not putting on a white coat.
3: I think because the Umpires Association is a little bit old-fashioned. Really? I've been in it. And 10 years ago I was in it and I thought it was old-fashioned then and I don't think it's changed.
1: Do you, do you think the umpires' association has got sort of, Well, obviously you do. As regards anything, as regards players who are retiring, you know, like you said yourself, you know, that uh, are uh, coming to the end of their time, that they're not going to they're not going go to go out on an umpire on a Saturday afternoon because of the umpires' association.
3: The one thing that I didn't like was that you had to commit to every single match, every single Saturday. No, that's not got, true. That's not true. It was when I was a member.
0: That's definitely um, that. I mean, that's definitely the case because uh, we've seen top players in the Premiership who, who tell us, "Oh, I'm off next week. I'm down, I'm down in London seeing seeing someone." Or I'm.
3: Yeah, I say, but th- my experience was that when I wanted to do every other week rather than every week, it was frowned upon. And I
1: think well, I
3: that's that's what happened, to me, and
2: that's
1: what yeah, happened yeah. to me, Yes, but every every other week is different to, to every week, isn't it? I mean, every other week, you know, I would suggest is is problematical. Although at this moment in time, I would also suggest that if somebody wanted to umpire every other week, then they would be welcomed with open arms because yeah, I was the numbers say,
3: are every un- other week is better than nothing at all.
1: Exact, exactly, and I I agree. But what I'm saying is, at the moment, I'm more interested in, in you know, the umpire that's going to do, you know, out of 20 games a season, he's going to do perhaps 15 of them. That's, that's the guy that, that I'm looking at. And I'm wanting to know, you know from you what you think, why the reason is you think that those people are not coming forward. Because let me tell you now, if some guy rings David Hakins up tonight and says to David, David, I can do 10 games a season, I can tell you David's going to say, come on down.
3: That's good, because it wasn't the case when I was umpiring.
1: So, so in, in that case, bearing in mind, it looks, early days at this moment in time, it looks promising as regards the number of umpires next season. Why would we want to change it?
3: Well, it's just a question to the club, isn't it? It's what the clubs want to do.
1: But not what the umpires want to do. Well, I say, as part of that debate, we
3: would get the umpires into the meeting and, and let's chat it through. Yeah, but ultimately... Um, I, don't, also... I don't really know about this... I don't really want to say too much about umpires because they're a separate organisation, and I've been trouble in the past for going on about the umpires. But you know, the fact that they're independent to us still doesn't really make too much sense to us because we couldn't exist without them, and they couldn't exist without us. So this whole independence yeah. thing is a little bit, you know, if they don't want to come directly under the league, then is there not some sort of halfway house that we could do, or do we just leave them where they are uh, and try and help them out financially, courses, you know, training, all that sort of stuff? You know, get people in executive to help them out a bit more if they don't have the, the you know the ways to do it at the moment but the more umpires we can get is certainly a, a better thing for me and you know if they are taking in part-time umpires now that that is definitely a plus
1: point well you know ideally umpires to do as many games as they possibly can sure, sure, sure. but but like i said um you know you've quoted your thing in, in, in your, 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 your your statement about the being only Thirty odd umpires, thirty three, I think it was. Where, um, yeah, um, um, it, so. yeah, yeah, mm. but these are, you know, for example,
0: extreme ex- uh, extreme examples. circumstances. Mm. But
1: also, I hope, also so. I hope so. Yeah, no, no, that's right. But also, you're looking at situations, as we mentioned in our last podcast, where we've got t- clubs that were calling games off because of things like, you know, music festivals, and that, that's the way the world. Umpires go on holiday. It's a, it's a, it's a matter of fact. They do, and they, you know, they have, they have. Um, and also, you've got to bear in mind that in the last year, we've had a number of umpires. We've had one pass away, um, mm, you know, passes. and, and it, it, it's 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 you know these things you know you can't you can't plan for. But my, my curiosity is why you know why the numbers are going down, and why players are not picking up the white coat when they decide to hang up their boots and. Um,
3: um, well, let's, you know, if, come chair I'll be going around and let's ask him. I think I'll it's definitely something to get it
0: in. Definitely something for uh, a subject matter for a future podcast anyway, that's for sure. Uh, or, uh, or, or podcast, as uh, Andrew calls them. I'm going to start calling yeah. it the
4: podcast. Podcast, yeah. <laughs> the podcast.
3: <But, laughs> let's, let's get the umpires in the league. Let's all get in there, you know, what can we do to get, because this is the biggest, no umpires is no cricket. So let's put some focus on, you know, and I might have said 10,000 on the thing, but a certain amount of money, let's help with the umpire situation.
1: But, but but if you're going to throw money at them, like, again, let's go back to the finances thing, throw the money at them and do what with the money?
3: Well, you got courses, haven't you? You could provide free kit, you could give them free subs, um but, you could advertise a little bit to try and get more people in, you know, but, but just all general that's... recruitment processes. You could but even that... hire a recruitment agent if you really wanted to. That oh, for, be umpires.
0: for umpires? Yeah, you could do.
3: It's a bit oh. far-fetched, but you never well, know. Well, right, it's,
0: it's, right, it's a... It's a, it's a... A lot of guns for hire out there, you know, <laughs> uh, assassins, you know, nin- like nin- ninja actors. umpires uh, who, who come from Hampshire. Um, yeah. Steve's going to be it's, an umpire soon. It's, it's interesting. There, so. um, <laughs> Steve's the audience. We, we will listening. We will have to sort of close it down anyway now. Anyway, Chris, thanks for coming on though. Appreciate that. Um, it was a pleasure. We'll move to our other guest, uh, Mark Binns, who's been patiently waiting to one side. Um... Uh, just a quick quick uh, oh I mean mark you, you joined the league as a replacement for uh, Chris um, uh, 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 and, and pretty much immediately starting the role you were thrusting uh, into a campaign that's uh, been carrying on from that point and uh, stretching for two years. Uh, now can you tell me about uh, you know what, what you saw when it, when it unfolded and, uh, and, and and how you you saw it?
4: And that's right Jamie. so actually my very first meeting, I think was the first meeting when he'd uh, just left the executive. And I attended an AGM at Ellen right at the end of 2019 before COVID and all of that. Um, and that was quite a stormy meeting. And Chris Riddler, together with his colleague Bruce Jakeman, actually challenged the president at that time, Roger France, and uh, uh, the chairman, Trevor Atkinson, um, who confirmed that um, Chris Riddler was actually... Um, asked to leave the committee and and even though he did actually resign that I think that was before he was fired and he was asked to leave because he'd become so disruptive in those meetings and such an argumentative character that relations between him and the whole of the committee had broken down so badly that they were irreconcilable. And he then left the committee as, as a result of that and I was invited to step in. And, uh, and actually I've never met him more than once, I met him once in March face to face. I have seen him a few times and we've obviously spoken on the phone. But we only met once uh, and actually had a good and constructive meeting in March, when as a result of the chairmanship challenge that the league executive knew there was momentum for and Home Firth uh, were supporting, uh, Trevor actually uh, sent a delegation of three people, that included myself, to meet Holmferth and Chris to try and establish what their concerns were and and whether a chairman um, challenge was really necessary. The net result of that meeting was that they, both Holmferth and Chris, were fairly determined to take this challenge on and so be it, that's democracy and that's why we are where we are.
0: Yeah um it is indeed. Uh we we Chris's manifesto was we distilled it into three key areas so we we'll, I think we'll we'll just go ahead and discuss uh, these um uh uh, uh, uh from uh, from early. So um uh, we started with the executive committee and uh uh, uh Chris Chris seems uh, well, we did uh you know obviously we've asked about um uh, is 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 talk of streamlining the committee um uh which which it look it doesn't it, it, does it equate to removing or, or, or replacing officers? Uh, uh, and uh, and I think Chris uh, said he was going to add to it with deputies.
4: So uh, I must say I'm confused about his position because on the one hand he's criticised the current executive for being too big and unwieldy and, be, and being unclear about what various people on that committee do. Um, the implication being that if he thinks it should be a smaller group, by the way, which in my view, fits with his view of life. On the other hand, he then talks about having more people and even having deputies and yet there are, um, there is nobody filling key positions on that committee, such as who is responsible for umpires, how would clubs and players and their voice be best heard? Um, so, so that seems to me to be a contradiction that I'm really not sure about. Mm. And, and the second bit of this, Jamie, would be On the one hand, he appears to believe that the committee will be there to work with him, yet he's just spent the last multiple months slagging them off and saying how dinosaur-like they are, how slow they are to respond to um, uh, correspondence and how rude they are to people along the way. And remember that he was asked to leave the committee because he had become so disruptive and relations had really dropped to such a low, low level. And my question to myself is, under those circumstances, how could he possibly work effectively with those people? So so it seems to me he has to work on the basis that some or maybe all of those people won't be there. And it's unclear to me whether he wants them there and whether they want to be there with him.
0: We did ask him uh, if he had uh, people ready to step up to the roles. Um, And and he did say he'd talked to a couple of clubs uh, who'd said... Yeah, would help you if you needed it um, effectively. So, you know, d- does that sound? Um, is that conf- you know is it, is it, is it, is that a convincing uh, structure that is is going to be putting in in place uh, if that if it comes to that?
4: I think first of all on the on the basis that it, it's given what's happened and how much water there is under the bridge, being confident that you could rely uh, taking on a team that's already in place would be naive. Um, So yes, he does need to have some thoughts about how to do this, but he shouldn't underestimate the knowledge, skill, experience of some of those key people. And I'm thinking especially of our General Secretary, Norman Mm Clee, and our Matching Registration Secretary, Phil Senior, who both spend, first of all, huge amounts of time, but also have great knowledge, skill and experience of handling a whole series of league matters. And that was shown um, very clearly during the COVID times, which obviously took us into uncharted waters that they had to plot a very careful path through, and did so generally very successfully.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we, we did come. At, uh, we did mention the, um, the, uh, the. he is a very strong believer in a. Uh, he'd like to change it to a fifty percent majority. Um, uh, or a fifty-plus percent majority, as opposed to the current setup of two thirds, when it comes to voting matters. Um, what's what's your opinion of of, of his, his strong stance on that, and and and, and where can you see where the, the 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 argument against that might be?
4: So I can see his point, um, and uh, I can see that sometimes um, a two-thirds majority, meaning two for one, mm-hmm. um, can be frustrating because it can mean. Some things for which there is some support don't get carried,
0: yeah, um, yeah,
4: yeah. however, uh, it's hard to see how you could change a rule um, because to change the rule, of course, you'd need a two thirds majority, and whether there is yeah. a two thirds majority to reduce the majority to fifty one percent actually hasn't been tested. Mm-hmm. My own view is that um, for especially the bigger decisions, I think big decisions shouldn't be carried on fifty one versus forty nine percent uh, big decisions need to have a groundswell of support mm. behind them, mm. and it seems to me two in favour versus one against uh, is a good indication that there is good support—not unanimous support, but good support for big decisions um, that have wide-ranging, probably long-term effects. Yeah. So, on on balance, even though I think uh, two-thirds of majority can be a frustration and can prevent a bit of progress on the big decisions, I probably would rather have it than not.
0: Yeah. Well, finally, on the um, uh, on on the exact uh, committee specific stuff, um, we will talk about uh, communication and uh, uh, a little bit. Um, uh, in, his, in his manifesto, he, he he proposes polite emails to everyone, suggesting that that well. It uh, is he, he's a man for change. That it would be impolite emails going out. We did uh, ask him about that. Um, I think uh, his answer was, uh, you know, start an email off with how how well have England have done in the T Twenty, for example, or something like that. What, what's your opinion on, on on the on the on the league's communication um, um, uh, policies, really?
4: So I have to say I I can't see the point. So whenever I've seen correspondence coming out from the league including from myself.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Whilst the turn of those communications is businesslike, you couldn't say it's possibly impolite. This is very factual, functional, and it's dealing with whatever the topic is. Mm-hmm. And um, all of the people on the executive are very well known around the com- cricket community of Huddersfield. And they don't hide um, in a box. They're often out of and about and talk to everybody who's prepared to come up and talk to them. So I just don't identify with the criticism that there's um, an impoliteness there at all.
0: The uh, he, he did say, he, he also said that he, um, he, he would guarantee um, uh, an answer within 24 hours or a roadmap to one. Um, he, he, you know... He, 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 basically a lot of a lot of problems are complex um and they do need you know uh, you know further discussion with other people uh, so it, you know would that just amount to an acknowledgement really or and 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 is that is that somewhere where the league don't do that i mean it, 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 to my to my knowledge you know uh, communication is fairly prompt uh, and and and, the, and and it does get stepped up uh, in times of like covid for example and stuff like that so what was your, what was your what's your take on that
4: So, again, I just don't identify with the criticism. Mm. Um, I think getting to final answers takes the time that it takes.
0: Yeah.
4: And and sometimes, you know, haste is not proper speed, so to speak. And as I think I've mentioned before, high pace is not always high quality. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, um, when correspondence is there, it should be acknowledged. And some kind of timescale for a reply, which might be five minutes or might be five weeks, should be indicated. Mm. Uh, but i have to say that that's my perception of how things already work so i don't identify with
0: the yeah uh, andrew uh, on to about as you you took the lead on that
1: one yeah, i did and mm. uh, one of the things that was was discussed was the amount of money that the league is actually holding uh, in their current account at this moment in time the, the figure uh, reported to be between 55 and 60,000 pounds now now chris uh, thinks that's too much money is he right? I don't believe he is right, Andrew. Um, a couple of things.
4: First of all, the figures are right. So the account uh, moves during the season between about 55 and 60 grand, depending on where you are in the season. And is sometimes higher, sometimes a bit lower, but it's on that order. Interestingly, it's been of that kind of level for the last several years. So this is not a figure that is growing three or four or five grand per year this is fairly stable which is a good indication that the income matches broadly expenditure now and we've got reserves that are built up in this area of 55 to 60 grand. People also have to remember that some 20 grand of that 55 grand is already loaned out to a variety of clubs interest-free and unsecured as loans for all, clubs of all levels all the way from premiership down to conference to improve their ground and facilities. And if there were other inquiries from clubs tomorrow asking for support uh, with good projects, then the league would be very pleased to support those uh, and don't want to be restricted by not having sufficient reserves to, to respond to those good projects that deserve support.
1: So if they've got fifty-five to £60,000 on the on the balance sheet shall we say, although as you've said so much money is loaned out, What sort of figure should the league be looking at to say always have available, i.e. what is the bottom line that they want to drop to um, before they find that it's uncomfortable or below what they think is is workable? And and there's a well-established policy
4: for this that's been put in place by our very good treasurer, Andy Hill. um, And his guidance is to work to have about half of the balance in the account meaning if you had 55 grand he'd like to have about 27 and a half grand in place on average and not for the reserves under any circumstances except extreme situations to go below 20 grand.
1: Right okay and then we went on to discuss about fines and the amount uh, that clubs are fined for, for various things, be they for late start, not attending meetings, blah, blah, bloody, whatever, as, as regards the fines. Now, one thing that we discussed was the, the, the proposed um, driving licence thing that Chris has obviously proposed in his manifesto, vis-a-vis adding up points before clubs. Now, he's decided now, having spoken to clubs, that that, that is a, a, an ongoing and, and that clubs should still be, receive their punishments, as it were, but have the opportunity to maybe pay those fines, maybe once or maybe twice or maybe three times a year, whenever, whenever whatever's decided. Is that something that the league would consider?
4: So I'm I'm pleased that Chris has seen that um, his proposal was a bit of a nonsense. Um, it's important also to reinforce that whatever people think, the executives take absolutely no pleasure in handing out fines. Actually, the, these things are there generally to encourage people to do what it, what they should be reasonably doing and to give them a modest uh, penalty if they somehow are, are late overs or um, whatever it is that's caused the fine to come up. Um, if there's a suggestion that says some of the very modest uh, costs and fines that build up, like the famous 50p registration fee, which she mentions as an example all the time, um, do we want to send an invoice for 50p? No, of course we don't. Um, would we be happy to send an invoice every quarter? Yes, we
1: would. My understanding is that invoices go out monthly at the moment. Are some of these fines a nonsense then? Like you say, for the 50 the is it for the registration or something? So, you know, is that prohibitive to clubs registering players and is it something that really and truthfully should be looked at as scrapping altogether? So it's
4: an interesting point, Andrew. So I actually asked... Um, what was the purpose of the 50p fines? And and again, the honest answer is nobody could actually remember because this is a rule that really has been in place long before the memory of any of the current executive, but has been there forever and has been inherited by the treasurer and is is still there now. Of course, is 50p a motivation or deterrent to anybody to do anything? No, not really. So, on reflection, this probably should be removed. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that the other fines uh, are, are, are frivolous
1: and not valid. And then we moved on to uh, cricketing matters, mm-hmm. and, uh, to which um, Steve took the lead.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, so I guess my my, my main interest um, was the 12-team premiership, Mark. And, um, you know, Chris is guaranteed to... to to have this in place, if he's uh, if if he's successful with his campaign, I, I know that the the league of um, well, there's been a vote on this over the last couple of years, and it's <clears throat> it's not gone ahead for whatever reason. Um, I, I'm just keen to understand because I, I I also believe that the, the league do want this to happen. So what 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 are you guys doing to to, to try and ensure this this is pushed forward in the next
4: vote? good good question. So what the league are proposing, and the league rule changes will be coming out on Wednesday later on this week, actually is a restructuring of the league that has got three elements to it. The first is to restructure the league such that there is no such thing as first and second team cricket in future. And this is by converting all of the the divisions into seven so-called through divisions. With promotion and relegation between all all of those divisions, according to where clubs, both first and second team, find their level, albeit with some safeguards in place, for the top two divisions and for some of the um, uh, some of the long-standing clubs who might find themselves in the middle of this seven-division uh, league. And the proposal is to have as many uh, sections, divisions, made up of 12 teams as we possibly can. And that would have the effect of reducing the uh, premiership from 14 down to 12 teams, then having a second to sixth section also of 12 teams and the balance of the teams in the bottom section that would be next year eight, and then increase to 10 when the premiership goes down from 14 to 12. I hope I explained that well enough. And then the final bit of this is to um, grant the associate clubs and we expect there to be four of those remaining with not f- probably folding um for for next year and we're waiting for confirmation of that from them and their uh, status is upgraded to full member status along with the other 37 clubs giving us a total league of 41 clubs and 82 teams In, uh, it's important to say that um proposals for a 12 club premiership have, have appeared in the uh, rule changes for both 19 and 20, and in both years were defeated. Um, and there, there have been in the past mixed views about this. Um, and I think for at least one of those years, it wouldn't have even passed the famous 51% test that we spoke about a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Having said that, it's our view that um, there is a, a mood for change. Um, that we hope our proposals will embrace and gain the kind of groundswell of support that would enable us to be carried with a 2 thirds or better majority Um, because we think it has benefits not only for the Premiership but actually for all clubs and it would enable clubs like Edgerton Dalton who won the Premiership uh, 2 league in the season just gone uh, but are prevented from going further right now From playing what in the new structured league would be Division 3. In the same way, it means that clubs like Homebridge and Cartworth Moor, two of our current associate members, but who are currently playing with their first team in uh, Divisions 5 and 6, and probably would struggle if they were elevated into even the bottom section of first team cricket, meaning Section 3, current Conference League, um, they would remain, at least for now where they are and hopefully as time uh, progresses and their strength improves then they would uh, rise to whatever level their first and second teams can go to and and finally in the same way Hoyle and Swain who've been playing first team cricket and by the way won their section but can't go any further um, it would be kind of a nonsense to drop them back into second team cricket where they're clearly above that level currently
0: yeah
2: yeah, understood. Okay, Mark. Uh, just, just very quickly, leading on from that, what what's the league's um, thoughts on, on the future of the twenty twenty comp? Is there any um, are there any proposals to to change that, that uh, at all?
4: So there are some thoughts about changing it. There are no concrete proposals right now, because all of the focus is on trying to get the restructuring done, which the league do very strongly support and do recommend, even though in the end it's down to the clubs. A couple of things in relation to 2020. If the 12-team uh, uh, premiership was decided as part of the restructuring, that would free up some Sundays, um, and there would be an option to move some of the midweek 2020 games that can be quite a rush onto Sundays. Um, even though I know that there is some reluctance of players to play double headers on Sundays, as it is. Nevertheless, 2020 cricket is not six hours 50 of 50 over intense cricket. So, so that's an option. But but actually what we would need to do is to really consult with the uh, clubs and see what the, the general view is. The second possibility is to consider the conversion of 2020 competitions into the new 100 format, which obviously the ECB have kicked off this year. And both of those will be discussed seriously, but, but by consulting with clubs first, once the chairmanship um, situation is clarified, then... Uh, during December and certainly in the new year we'll go out and consult on these topics and see what uh, the mood is and if there is a mood for change and we want to do something quickly then a special general meeting could make changes before the 2020 season begins if we want to.
2: Okay, Okay. Mm. Thank, thank, thank you Mark. Just, just sorry Jamie, yeah, just finally no, from... I, I, just, I just want to ask, um, and I think I know the answer to this based on your answer you've just given but what about flexibility around start times? Because um, that was something that that Chris did yeah, uh, did. did mention. Um, what what what's the league's position on that? Because obviously over the last couple of years we've enjoyed, I say enjoyed, uh, <laughs> we, we, we we we've played shorter shorter matches because, albeit because of COVID, um, and and some people like the early finish. Some people would prefer to start earlier. What what's the league's stance
4: on that? So, so the, the league has got uh, got an open mind on this. So it, it hasn't put its own recommended rule change forward, but there are rule change proposals in there from clubs and and that we'll see what, um, what kind of response that gets. Um, my sense is that there isn't um, an obvious uh, uh, area of support. So there are a variety of clubs that want to go to 12 o'clock. There are some that want to go to 1230 There are others that want to stay with the current one o'clock situation. So it it doesn't look to me that there is 90% of the clubs want a change in a different direction. Mm. Having said all of that, um, again, if the restructuring is agreed, then one of the next thinkings, but but it's not part of the current proposals because we think this is in a, a second stage, but would be to look at the length of matches of the seven division league that hopefully we're going to put in place starting in 23, and that might um, involve some of the lower uh, sections playing 40 over matches. It might involve some of the middle sections playing 45 over matches, and it might involve some of the higher sections, the current championship and premiership in future divisions one and two, continuing at 50 overs. Um, And then you could also play around with the start times for those because, of course, you get home by starting earlier or playing shorter games or both. Um, Again, having said that, this is a second stage and, again, would require good consultation with the clubs and through um, our new representative who's going to um, represent the views of players. And I hope, Steve, that people like yourself would join Um, the subcommittee that's going to be um, formed on behalf of the executive under Robert Moore from Honley uh, starting Mm -hmm. next
2: year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Great. Thank you for that, Mark.
0: Yeah, my my bit my next bit was admin, which is uh, where the, the 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 fast forward fifteen seconds buttons on phones come very very uh, uh, of use, but it's still important stuff anyway. So um, yeah, we, we did ask um, uh, Chris uh one of his things about modernisation and it's big is very big on connectivity um, with, with clubs and um, um, especially with things like live scoring. Um, you now we did say that. Uh, uh, Oh, he did point out that um, the, the, uh, the, the the sort of ch- picked a ten thousand pound figure for connectivity and and and, uh, and stuff like that. But I mean, is that uh, I mean, is, is that real? Is that you know? Is, it he it thinks it's a big a big area of concern. That what's your um, opinion on the uh, on 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 utilising funds for, for for that thing? Given that um, you know, it, it's uh, you know, it runs it runs it runs okay in my opinion. But what's yours?
4: so i think it runs okay but i do think it could run better mm-hmm. so so there are um black spots as you know jamie mm. um both fixtures and grounds and so on um and there is high interest i mean pe- people do watch a game and watch their app for the whole afternoon yeah, see what's yeah, happening yeah. with their second team or first team or other mm. competing fixtures that are of high interest and so on my sense is that clubs actually, if they could uh, put in place good arrangements, that they're happy to do so. I-, I don't think the barrier is money. That would be my perception. Mm. But when you have a scorebox at Honley at one side of the ground and all of the other facilities are completely on the other side of the ground, there probably are technical challenges rather mm. than financial challenges that get in the way of that. Mm. My-, my feeling, again, is over time, those who do have technical problems will find solutions to those that are not massive money um, that the clubs are both prepared to and can afford to fix themselves. Yeah. If yeah. if there was a real need, um, then the league would be certainly prepared to help with small grants and so on to assist in, in such things because we do believe this is both valuable and interesting and important. Mm.
0: He, he, um, grants was something that, he, that, that 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 was in on in his manifesto and he's, he he was keen on um, you know uh, Gra, uh, grant assistance should come from the league. What what's your opinion on this?
4: so the league don't rule out grants mm. but but would prefer so far as it's possible um, as we do currently to issue interest free interest-free and unsecured loans mm. in the hope that in the end albeit with agreements on time and, and monthly installments and so on the money does come back to the league and not not so the league can make money but so it can be then re re-sent out to other clubs with other projects Otherwise, the danger is that you know three or four clubs get a big chunk of money, but 40, 40 clubs don't get very much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when you take even 55 grand, not that we have 55 grand, but if you, if you took 30 or grand and divide that by 40 clubs, this is not a fortune that would change the lives of any clubs and furthermore only for a year. Yeah. Um, so so, so our, our view is that having 20 or 30 grand in the bank that we can do something with when something really good comes along, or indeed if an emergency such as Covid, but all, also a club that's in dire financial straits, we have the ability to respond to that.
0: Yeah,
1: great. Right. As, as regards going on to that, we, we also we discussed the um, sponsorship, and Chris seems very keen on in trying to extend the, the sponsorship availability to the, to the league and to, to clubs in general. Um, is it something that the league is looking at themselves at this moment in time to get extended sponsorship for, uh, for whatever it might be, you know, whether it be for um, um, balls or kit or what, whatever it might be for different clubs? Is it something that, that, that the league want to take on centrally or is it just or is it something for the clubs to look after themselves?
4: Well, well the, the league obviously do have sponsorship handled centrally in terms of the league. Um, So things like Sykes Cup and the league itself, they're they're sponsored Um, and also various parts of the website are sponsored. And there are two people that handle this currently. One is our chairman, Trevor Atkinson, but also Jamie on the call here now Mm -hmm. um, himself uh, also does seek sponsorship in particular for for the website. And there is several thousand pounds a year that is generated by those activities. Um, Could we accommodate more sponsors? course Uh, this is only a question of finding people um, who are interested in supporting us and and we find a way to give them sufficient value to put more money in Um, so so you can always do more in this area but I think we've got a good foundation of sponsorship as I've said does raise several thousand pounds a year and has done for many years And, and finally we have to we have to be just careful to make sure that we're not taking sponsors away that actually should be going to the clubs that they're often affiliated to. Yeah. Um, so direct sponsorship of our forty clubs, together with various aspects of the league, is a is a good way to attract sponsors and to bring the money into where it can be best used.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, you um, uh, well being the uh, the resident umpire of the show, um, <laughs> you were uh, yeah you you were uh, well asked a fairly assertive question on the on the umpire association.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the question was whether whether um, Chris wanted to see the umpires association devolved and be taken under the auspices of of the league. Um, I, I, I you know I, I don't know from the answer that he gave me tr- truthfully what, what his answer was to be to be honest. So I mean, as as far as as far as you're concerned, I mean. Where, where does the league see? Where does the league see this situation? Do they, you know, are they quite happy with the umpires association to continue as it as it is, or do they want to see the league take a more active role in the actual running of the of the umpires?
4: So let me answer the question straight away by saying: Are we happy with the umpire situation? No, not at all. Um, this is um, a big worry and concern for the league, and is something that we have to find a way to do better. Um, and and whether um, bringing the umpire arrangements um, under the direct control of the league or whether it's kept with the current independent umpires association which is the previous long-standing arrangement Mm. um, there are pros and cons for both systems we currently have an independent umpires association the important point how however here is that that who is responsible for it won't in itself generate more umpires more umpires have to be generated by um making the uh, umpiring experience for umpires um more rewarding and i don't mean financially rewarding but a more, more rewarding more fulfilling um less stressful um role on a saturday and sunday afternoon if we possibly can and to make sure that they're supported with the right kind of training and equipment where needed um and this is a big challenge, there's absolutely no doubt about it, and it, and again, once the chairman election uh, process is put to bed, this is the very first thing that the um, League will be turning its attention to. And the first step will be to have dialogue with the senior officers of the Umpire Association and assess the situation and, and
1: decide what are the various steps that we need to take to try to improve things which is desperately needed. Okay, but same question to you then that was 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 asked to him was that before you can actually, um, if you like, treat the illness, then you've got to find out what the illness is. And so the the the, the question is is the, the same one that I asked Chris is, is 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 why why are umpires' numbers going down? Why are players who are retiring who are hanging up their boots? Why are they not putting on the white coat and going out there in the middle and? And and officiating games, and and obviously a game that many of them have played for many, many years. You know, um, why do they not want to still be involved with with the best view in the ground?
4: And I think there are a variety of reasons why um, umpire numbers have reduced. And and not all players um, want to go in the direction of umpiring, many others do become um, administrators at their club or coaches and, and volunteers in other. Parts of um, club life, uh, and those are all again welcome and valuable. Um, so there are a number of uh, things that I think will would need to be done to to try to improve the situation. I don't see one big silver bullet here. I think this is lots of one and two per cent improvements uh, or changes, and when you add that up, it then starts to look like a material improvement. But I will say one thing, Andrew. Um, I do believe that clubs and players, in particular captains that are in charge of uh, things on the field together with the umpires, can help. So um, an atmosphere where the umpire feels like the enemy, uh, somebody who is not trusted or respected, um, doesn't make the experience the one that you'd hope uh, to receive if you were an umpire in the middle of the uh, the square. At the end of the day, umpires, um, even though they do get a fee, Um, they're generally volunteers and they're doing their best in the fairest and most equitable way they can, even though from time to time they'll make the odd mistake, but who doesn't? And players certainly do. And I think if that could be improved, then it would, um, let's say it would prevent some people who've given umpiring a try, or even others who've been doing it a long time, from saying, I feel like I've had enough of this. I could uh, do more interesting and more fulfilling things on a Saturday afternoon than be slagged off by some bloke who thought he was now LBW. Yeah, but,
1: Mark, I mean,
2: Mark, can I can I just in there? I guess I guess I totally agree with that. You know, player behaviour should should probably be better. I see it week in, week out. Um, but do you think that's got worse over the years? Is that is that what you're saying?
4: I do feel it has got worse, actually. Um, So I don't think people in society in general have got the respect for um, officials. And whether it's an official in a white coat or a bobby on the beat, I I tend to think that generally there's a bit less respect around, especially if that is not obviously earned. Um, But again, volunteers are doing their best even some umpires that are not as good as the best umpires that we have around, they're still generally doing their best, and they don't deserve to be sworn at and vilified for making a mistake.
2: Yeah, I t- yeah totally I think- agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm puzzled, and I, 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 agree. I don't think there's one, one thing that's going to fix the whole thing. But you know, I think back to when I started 20, 20 odd years ago in in the Premiership. Um, there was tons and tons of umpires, and, and, and they were all coming through, and it just seems to be deteriorating, as we know, over the last few years. And, and I, I don't know, I don't know. It, is, it is a concern, it really but
4: is. Steve, it's no, it's no different to player strength, you know. So if you look at our youngsters these days, um, they've got so many options of leisure activities and distractions, and so on and so on. When I was young you played cricket and you were there for roughly every game, apart from when you were taken on holiday by your parents. These days, you know, everything from um, playing football that still seems to go on you know, throughout the summer to going on holiday to going to music festivals, <coughs> they've got a portfolio life. Um, and cricket's part of the portfolio, but it, it's not the be-all and end-all that it was for me when I was playing cricket and, and wanted to play every moment I possibly could on the field. And my Mm. sense is that umpires are no different, uh, which is why when we look at the plans that are required to try and get on top of this, um, this will be a multifaceted plan. And in some cases, it will require some trial and error. Um, And one thing's for sure, we shouldn't rule anything out at this stage, including increasing the money for umpires, which which has been something which has been uh, proposed and uh, and met with quite mixed views, which I do understand. And, and I'm not saying that that paying umpires more money is the answer in itself. I'm saying, until we found a way to materially improve the situation, nothing should be ruled out, and a few things should be tried and see how they go, because we have to do something.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, you're right.
0: It's a it's a it's a big problem, and it will uh, uh, come up for debate again. I think it's worthy of uh, you know getting get a, a bit of a. Get, Bit of a talk going about it i think
4: um. Co- correct and, and covid hasn't helped so so even to get back to where we were below before covid we've mm. got a fair chunk of work to do and the uh, colleagues at the umpire association will need to play their part in in helping this to be achieved mm.
0: so yes uh th- that pretty much wraps wraps up the uh the, well, both sides of the coin really uh, in a way um uh, it's all going to come out in the wash isn't it 29th of November it um it, it will all be out in the wash and everyone will know um you know who uh, you know who who's who's going forward with uh mark thanks for taking the time to come on um, and offer your thoughts on this uh, um and uh, appreciate it.
4: Not at 12 chaps, Uh, very pleased to put the case on behalf of Trevor and the rest of his uh, executive colleagues.
0: Yeah, and uh, we do have a few awards winners specials coming out in a week or two, so stay tuned for those. Um, We've got uh, the yes for some excellent guests over the winter months too, so uh, all looking exciting as well. So uh, we'll be uh, back to some crazy anecdotes uh, on the cards uh, all, all will be revealed due course of course so keep subscribing and listening to, to however you listen to your podcast uh, I must extend a huge thanks to my two companions uh, Andrew and Steve for their support in the show uh, your knowledge and opinions are most welcome especially when it comes to more serious polarizing matters like this uh, but yeah thank thank you chaps
1: yeah no problem
2: Cheers,
3: Jamie. Cheers, Chris. Putting these together this year, they've been absolutely fabulous to listen to. Yeah,
0: thanks, Chris. Um, Yeah, we've enjoyed doing them anyway, so uh, that's great. Anyway, I I better get. We better get off, and uh, uh, yeah, well, Chris. Anyway, thanks for coming along. Okay.
3: Maybe we give ten grand out so everyone can get a free headset. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Very good. All right.
1: See you later, Chris.
2: Cheers, guys. Bye.
0: Bye. You enjoyed that episode of Castle little Cricket Chat? We can't leave without asking for a small favour from you. So please drop us a review wherever you subscribe to your podcast. Be it SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. It only takes seconds to do. And it really helps us as we continue to bring out your, out these podcasts. Thanks to everyone who has regularly tuned in as we've churned out these recordings. You know what? It's been really encouraging engaging with people who have regularly listened and we're genuinely pleased to have brought them to you. Without you, the listeners, there would of course be no us. So yeah, much appreciated and we'll continue to bring you more over the winter and well into the 2022 season. If you'd like to be a guest on Castle or Cricket Chat as we go into next season, to chat about your team or discuss a match you've t- taken part in, or even reflect back on your career as a player or an umpire or even someone who's just been part of the fabric of a club, just get in touch by the usual methods. Finally, follow the league Twitter account for the latest news announcements and subscribe to the league's official YouTube account too, where you might find the odd tit bit making its way there. You can find both accounts easily enough online. You can also follow Huddersfield Hub, a fantastic local news website which have occasional interviews and cricket articles of their own. As we all say in the cricketing world, win so well and look after yourselves.